This is Josh from the Game Hole. Hey, this is Andrew. Hi, I'm Austin. Hey, this is Chad. Hi, this is Chad Parrish. This is Corey Wynn. This is David Conkle. This is Forrest Aguirre. Hi, this is James Carpio. Hey, this is Jason Hobbs. Hey, this is Jeff Rademacher. This is Jen. This is Kevin Lovecraft. This is Christian Serrano. I'm Matt Bonehoff. I'm Chris. And I'm Phil. And I'm Bob. I'm Peter Bryant of the Mythwits. And I'm Michael Kafis of the Mythwits. This is Ralagul the Magnificent. This is Ron Blessing. Satine Phoenix. Hey, this is Tim DeShane. You guys are listening to Brett and Sean Gaming and BS. Welcome to Gaming and BS, episode 100. Why are we still here? I mean, playing. I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome to the show, folks. Good to have you here. You know, you know, Sean, I was looking back at 100 episodes and I thought, you know, they told us it couldn't be done. And then my wife reminded me we were actually told it shouldn't be done. But, <laughs> but by God, we're still here. So, against the odds, against people who are smarter than we, we're, uh, we figured we'd keep it rolling. Good stuff, yeah. though, man. Two years, almost. Almost. It's, it, it's goofy, because I look back on it when we first <coughs> see when we first started talking, and Sean and I were like, yeah, you know what? Every other week, tops. I mean, there's no way we could do this every week. Good. Ooh, ooh, crazy time talking. And we recorded like the first two episodes back to back. We're like, fuck it, let's just do I mean, we're we're doing it. Let's just let's just roll with it. So and uh I was as I was telling our patrons in one of the latest posts I put out there for those folks, honestly, I, I really believe that it's the feedback we get from the listeners and the engagement in the community on a Google Plus, the guys at Mr. Mark, our Facebook community, when people come to Gamehole and see us and talk to us and uh, Gary Con and stuff, that is the big driver for me anyway. I think partly for you too, Sean. You know, we it's just so cool to interact with everybody and have people actually care enough about the show to support us in Patreon. Um, we've got people who just say nice things and tell their friends about the show. You know, money doesn't money money's nice, but it doesn't say everything, right? Just the fact that people spread the word and get people listening to us, and uh, that everyone's this disengaged with the stuff that Sean and I talk about is still mind boggling to me. But it's cool. I love it. When Brett and I started this thing, when I when I approached Brett and said, "Hey, let's, you know," Brett's like, "Sure, sounds good, whatever." Uh, what do I need to do? I said, "Just show up and be pretty." And I've been showing up still, for a while. I'm working on the we're pretty. St- we're still reaching for that. Still reaching for that. But you know, we had some people like we had some stats and some people listen. And I think the real boost came from when the misdirected Mark guys really kind of said, Hey, listen to these guys. And and honestly, I don't even know how I can't remember back two years ago to when they actually said, give these guys a listen. Like, cause they've been around for a longer time. Oh my, yeah. Much longer, much, yeah. much longer. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, uh, Chris. Sneezek yeah. over there said, hey, I listened to this thing, and then he hooked Phil on it, and then he they spread the word, and then we heard about, because we listened to them, and yeah. they said nice things about us, we said nice things about them, and and next thing you know, I'm flying out to Buffalo to game with these guys next month, right. so it's cool. It's really weird, but I told Brett, I said, hey, we've got you know, we've got some listeners, like we've, there's people that have downloaded our stuff, like 10 people, or I don't even know what it was at the time, and Brett's like, really? Seriously? Oh my God, I can't believe somebody actually has downloaded our show and listened to it. It's so we, because the next thing we did was we quickly <laughs> counted all of our friends and said, okay, 
I only know right. five people who do it. You know four. Okay, I think so. I think someone here isn't our friend. Yay! We have like a real one, listener. One person that we don't know that may actually be listening to this, which is strange. Exactly. Um. So yeah, it's I I don't know what do you even say um to to this. I don't know. I like it. It's I love so it. I love doing it, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know when I when I I went to I went to Gen Con in 2011. I think that was my last Gen Con, and I met a lot of gamers and a lot and some of them were a lot of them were podcasters and some of them I had known, some I had been fans of for quite some time. Um, and the one thing that I really love, and we'll get into this. Maybe I should hold up until later, because one thing that really struck me because I went to Gen Con by myself that year. And I didn't have a room and somebody basically posted and said, Hey, if you know, if anybody's looking for a room for Gen Con, I've, I know somebody that's looking for people to take up room space and contribute. And I'm like, sure, absolutely. I, I didn't register for a badge until really, really late. So obviously I didn't have any housing all locked up or anything. Um, and I knew it, it was, it was, um, my buddy, uh, Clyde from theory from the closet. And he had been doing podcasting for quite some time, and he's here in Madison. Um, and so he put me in touch with a couple other people that did podcasting. And so when I went, I roomed with complete strangers, didn't know them. Um, and then I got to invited, because I was hanging around a bunch of podcasters, I got invited to a podcaster meetup, kind of, you know, social gathering. I'm like, Sweet cost, you know, cost 20 bucks, go in there, met a bunch of more people. And the thing is, it was so impactful to me in how, like, I just met people and talked to gamers and it was just a great experience. Just love hanging out with gamers, um, of all kinds and, uh, from everywhere because we all share this common goofy hobby, um, now you use goofy hobby as an uh, affectionately. Well, absolutely, it is. It is a goofy hobby. I mean, it, in in a way, you know, compared to other things. Some, I mean, at least some other people see us. But no, I get it. But I totally know, get it. I mean, part of it is like, if you're doing a podcast to to, to make a million dollars, we're not we're not doing that. That's we are in the wrong podcast niche at this point. I can right. tell you that right now. There's there's many other podcasting areas we could be making. Well, I shouldn't say could be, but potential would be there. But the amount of people that I meet and talk to and get to know either through social media and Google Plus, Facebook, what have you, um, through the con circuit, you know, through this podcast is just more than anything that I could ask for. Because some of those will be, you know, become true friends that I can go out and hang out with and have good conversations with. Um, some I may not ever see but maybe interact through this. Heck, some listeners, I don't even know if they're out there and that's okay. Um, but they're still kind of our people, right? Um, Wayne Humphrey is kind of a weird, ironic. I mean, I, he asked me, I followed him, Mr. Star Wars guy, Google plus didn't know Wayne from a hole in the ground. And he asked me, you know, I think uh, dungeon world dropped and he wanted a hard copy. And I said, I think I saw three hard copies at my friendly local game store. He's like, would you pick me up a copy? Again, I don't know this guy at all. I followed him on Google+. I'm like, sure. You got his copy when you picked up the copy that I got. 
I did. Yeah. So yeah, I remember this. I remember this conversation. Like I picked up two or three copies yeah, for people. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So Brett was one of them, and I knew Brett though. And I picked one up for Wayne and gave me his address. He PayPal'd me his money. I sent it off. Now the guy lives like a quarter mile from where I work. Yeah, he's going to get in on the Wednesday game, right? So we should be yeah. seeing him Wednesday. We're run some trailer Cthulhu. Uh, I go and have yeah. I go and have coffee with this guy like every morning, you know, every Sunday morning with you know Eric Farmer. I mean, what it's just crazy on how some of this stuff works. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a it's a really kick ass hobby from that perspective, and just the yeah. the love of it that alpha gamers, the guy, the the men, the women, and the kids who are really really into it, the love of the game that we bring, it's pretty cool. It is cool. I don't know. I, I don't. I so, apologize for getting on that tangent, but I no, mean, we're gonna. Just, that, I think this, that's kind of the deal. The whole show is gonna be one modeling event here. I've got a big glass of whiskey. Sean's poured himself something, so we'll see what happens here. I'm gonna become <laughs> a blubbering mess, maybe. I love you, man. At, All right. At the end of this, people are so great, man. I love, I love RPG game people. All right. Should we at least? Right. Should we at least pretend we've got a show here and get going? Now, yeah, this may be a little long. I mean, this isn't going to be. I don't think we're going to finish this in an hour. And you know, frankly, hey, that's kind of sometimes that just happens. Exactly. We're going to run long. Heads up. There you go. <laughs> All right. Announcements. So the first one, the gaming BS social hour at Game Hole. Sean brought this up on episode ninety nine. We'll have a keg of beer. Is uh, what Sean's got coordinated. It's not a. Uh, gaming BS only inv- event we're going to have it kind of open to the public we'll have I believe I'll have another banner my lovely wife will build us another one I'll hang uh, hang a banner up there we should have an um, opportunity to say thank you to listeners and especially the folks who uh, traveled a long way to come to the con because we told them about it and a special thank you of course to all the game masters who are running uh, games underneath the gaming BS banner this year at uh, GameholeCon which would be a first for us that GameHole so that would be kind of cool so again, like I did last year, I'm rolling out. I'm rolling out the Sean Uber. Oh, that's right. We got the Sean. Uber, we got the Uber gamer Sean. Uber. Yes, gamer Uber. So if you are coming to Game Old Con and you need a ride from the airport, I think I'm taking off Thursday and uh, Friday, obviously, but it's got to be on Thursday. I think maybe Wednesday night, but it'll have to be after work hours. Um, so if it's something I can accommodate, I will definitely, you know, literally I live a half mile from the airport. Come over, swing by, cruise you, drop you off at the hotel. I did it for Josh last year. Yeah, that's right. We and did. He, we got Josh last he, year. Yep. He emailed me this year. He was the one that was went to Gen Con. It's like his first Gen Con. What does he do? Oh, yeah, that's right. I saw the email. That's, yes, yes. He's like, hey, is the Sean Uber running? <laughs> so he asked about the Sean Uber running. I'm like, absolutely. So he's coming to Game Hole Con again. So he'll be, I think he was the only guy that took advantage of it last year. He, other, he was. Yeah, I think the other folks might have been able to, like Roger, but he probably got it in at a bad time or whatever the case was. But let me know. Give me a heads up. Let me know your flight number, and I will let you know if I can make it or not. I think, it, um, and Josh can attest to the fact that Sean and I barely shook him down. I mean, we left him with plenty yeah. of change in his pockets, so mm-hmm. it was not as invasive as you'd think. And I'm glad I brought Brett with because Josh is like, I don't know, seven feet tall. Yeah, I'm 6'3". He's taller than I am. He's a tall dude. <laughs> I'm like, shit, man. I guess I got to break this guy's kneecaps, <laughs> make him shorter. Uh, and he still gamed. He did. That's the kind of dedication we our listeners have. So, yeah, yeah. So that the Uber, the announcement, and the, the soiree on Saturday night. I know everybody's not going to be able to make it, Hobbs, Hobbs. 
Sorry, buddy. Some people got games going on. We'll still be around. Um, other announcements. The other one I had was just uh, Gen Con is obviously over, and I know some folks out there have been posting pics and so forth. I'd love to have not only just the pictures out in our G Plus or Facebook communities, I'd like to know what games you played, what you really, really liked. And um, you don't necessarily have to give us the war story of, oh, my God, I played this game with this guy, Brett, and he just sucked. It was terrible. Wait for GameWillCon to tell people that. But anyway, the point is, is if you played something new, different, you really liked it, you think it's worth talking about, uh, throw it out there to us. I mean, I'd like to like to hear more about some of the cool stuff that's out there, something you may have played for the first time. Um, tell us. I think it'd be cool to hear about. Yeah, that sounds great. Cool. Shall we? Shall we get into the random? Let's do it, man. Random encounter segment in the show where we field emails, voicemails, and comments from social media from you. Got a few. Wanna, want me to start? You want to start? Wanna, um, I'll start. start? I'll, right. I'll start this one. Start? So, Michael, I got to apologize to Michael. He's written this like a, a little while ago, and and for whatever reason. Every time I post the notes, Michael's email never gets in there. So my apologies. But now it's in there. Brett is going to read it right now. I'll do it. Michael Drescher, he's talking about episode 98. He says, hey, guys, great episode uh, with even better timing. I've been running uh, Fate Accelerated slash Fate games for the past couple weeks, only to find out this week that none of the players like to play Fate. Sad trombone, if you would, Gus. Oh. (laughs) Thank you, Gus. Unfortunately, I'm pretty much in love with how easy Fate is to run and still has me rolling dice, letting me feel more like a fellow player and less of an event coordinator. To add to the fun, this week my brother has left the group. He likes the stories, but has lost all interest in gaming, tabletop RPGs with me and other groups, video games, even poker. So I have a failing group of one guy who only wants to play Fantasy Age and dislikes collaborative storytelling, and a guy who's open to most systems but prefers simulation RPGs versus storytelling RPGs. I'm falling back on Dungeon World and attempts to please them both. Not a bad choice. Um, right. Perhaps I should look into gaming online or by post, Fate, or maybe even 4E D&D. Keep up the awesome podcast. It's always a pleasure. Brett should play Shadows of the Demon Lord. <laughs> well, Michael, I think you're uh, looking online is not a bad idea. We've had... I've played online now I with Sean and then with Chris Nizak running a little bit, and the people who were in Chris's game I'd never played with before. A couple of guys in Sean's game I'd never played with before I'd met, but I'd never played with. And it's it's a lot of fun. And it's one of those ways to if um if say the group say the crew likes Dungeon World, you're having a great time with it, they're really digging it, and you really want to play some fate, you know what, man? Uh online might be the best option if you can't get any local people around you. So it's a good way to go. Yeah, I, that's kind of a dilemma, right? It's what who wants to play what and why? And I mean, I have buddies that want to play a particular game. They may be open to new games, but if it's not their thing, they won't get into it. Um, and you kind of have to get to a point where you're either going to be okay with it or you're not, in which case you either go online or you get another group. It sounds a little crass and maybe heavy-handed, but, you know, if you're playing, like, I play every other week one group and alternating week with another group, and if it's something where you're not having fun or it's just not your thing and you're going to do it every other week or every week, 
That's a lot of, I mean, that's a lot of time to be in the office, right? You're doing, you're working then, you know, it's, yeah. it's a slog. That's not yeah. fun. Yeah. It's like a job that you're going to work 40, 50 hours a week and you just can't stand. That's a, you add that up over a year's time, uh, 2080 hours to be exact. If you're working 40 a week, um, and that freaking blows. So it's not worth doing and being unhappy. I tell you, the nice thing now though is the online stuff, uh, play by post or um, hangouts or roll twenty or whatever. Because it, it used to be back in the day when Sean and I were young gamers, if you had a bunch of kids around you and all somebody wanted to play was Star Frontiers, that's all you could play. If that's what the group wanted to play, if you said, "Hey, I want to try this Call of Cthulhu thing," and the group looked at you and said, "No, I want to play more D and D." You were stuck unless you could go out and physically find another group or make gamers by finding other people introducing them to the game. wasn't that easy. Not a lot of people around around me anyway even knew what the gaming scene was from a role-playing game perspective. So it's easier now, kind of a golden age, if you will. Um, but, uh, yeah, the online thing is a really good way to go. Yeah. Uh, Dave Wynn emails us, Hey, guys, the tunnel guy you guys were talking about is Tunnel Bob. Tunnel Bob, that's right. Madison. I went to so, I went to school in Madison, so yes, Tunnel Bob. I saw this coming from Dave and I'm like, oh yep, 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 yep. Tunnel Bob. So when in episode 99, I believe it was. I do believe you're correct, sir. If I am wrong. Start at one, listen forward. You can find the episode right. where we talked about the guy in the Madison Steam Tunnels. <laughs> Steam tunnels in Madison. So he's confirmed it. Tunnel Bob. When I lived in Madison, Tunnel Bob was still there. He loves the steam tunnels, and despite being kicked out numerous times, he manages to find his way back in. Uh, Patrick uh, Rothfuss, the Wisconsin fantasy author, fashioned a character after Tunnel Bob in his books. He details this in the foreword to his book, The Slow Regard of Silent Things. Just letting you know he's not myth and that if a well-respected author can use real-world people for inspiration, you can use them for your RPG games as well. Cheers, Dave Wynn. Nice. Yeah, Tunnel Bob. Good stuff, Dave. Thanks, man. Uh, I'm going to find Tunnel Bob. <laughs> i bring him on the podcast. Exactly. That'd be great. That's what we need. <laughs> Bob, you ever play RPGs, buddy? No, just down in the steam tunnels catching rats <laughs> or whatever he's doing. Anyhow, Corey Wynn, a.k.a. Man of War, Corey says, omitting the rules. Well, I agree with what you all said regarding the rules you touched on. Grappling encumbrance, unless it was really called for as in, uh, quote, do you really want to card around that 12-foot tall two-stun statue, unquote. The other ones I loosely applied were weapon speed, casting times, unless it was a ritual-like spell, and skimmed over the Cthulhu-like research ones. My character is in the library for six weeks. What do the rest of you do? I understand the seriousness of those rules and why they were meant to be applied in the game, but the game session, I want to make sure everyone has spotlight time. It's hard to have a magic user locked away in a tower for a year researching a spell or making a magic item while the rest of the party goes on adventuring, especially when the friggin' magic user needs more XP than anyone else to, to advance a level. Corey's an OSR guy. <laughs> if anybody remembers back in the day with uh, different experience point level tracks, yeah, absolutely true. He continues with, usually I allow for other PCs to narrate what they did in that time and give appropriate XP and riches based on creativity of story, while the wizardly types are doing what they do. I also didn't place demi-human level limits if the PCs had a good reason for doing so. I even thought big and uh, allowed uh, diablery of some lower generation vampires in Vampire the Masquerade. Good stuff, man. Or other such events if the story was crucial enough and believed within the scope of the game. Story is key. 
I stick to most of the rules and house rule as little as needed, so all people have an objective standard in which to place the rules and adjudicate. Oh, damn it, Corey. Making me look like an idiot over here. The only times I overrule on purpose is to not slow down the game. Uh, guys, good time to take a bathroom break, get a beer. I've got some reading to do. I can read the rules after the session on an obscure situation and apply changes after I explain to the group before the next session. Due to uh, premature senility and alcohol-induced psychosis combined with bumps to the head, I can't remember every rule verbatim anymore. I am with you, Corey. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is probably where my problem comes into. Uh, most of them keep... Uh, well, only most of them, he says. You can only remember most of the rules. Keep up the good work, guys. I'll forego my, co- uh, my coffee money to give it to you. Oh, thank you, Corey. <laughs> we got... Uh, next one's over for you. John Steve, I believe. So we have comments. These are all the comments regarding episode 99, which is screw the rules. If you haven't listened to that, you got to start at one because you won't, it, 99 won't make sense to you otherwise. Oh, good God, no. It would just, wow. Make good luck. Yeah, exactly. John Steve writes, I've learned any, if I've learned anything over the past few years, it's that stopping to read the rules is the fastest way to derail the game's energy. Playing D&D 3.5 almost forced you to dig into the books because it lacked the flexibility to do otherwise without breaking or causing a revolt with the lawyers at the table. The system just doesn't lend itself to any significant hand-waving. I apologize for sounding like a fanboy, but Savage Worlds actually promotes a fast, furious style of play, and the lighter mechanics are perfect for making that happen. Many times I've stated to my players, quote, I think that's how it works. I'll verify it after the game, game, end quote, and we move on. My players are fully on board, so in closing, Brett, you're doing it right. Yay, vindication. <laughs> Good stuff. Next one is, uh, oh, ouch. <laughs> God damn it. All right, we got Tom Bagwell right in. He says, I think Brett and I have similar jamming styles. Ah, see, look. I try to be familiar with all the important rules I think are likely to come up or any others that interest me, but my games tend to be somewhat freeform. I don't always have a specific scenario and often find myself following the lead of the PCs. They tend to be devilishly clever, and I often find myself having to wing it when it comes to activities I know are buried somewhere in the rulebook. I always look them up after the session, but hate to break the pace to do it during the game. As an aside, I often allow the PCs to get into some sort of trap or dangerous situation where I honestly have no idea how they can possibly succeed or even survive. I enjoy seeing them figure out how to get out of the mess as much as they enjoy figuring it out. It's one of my biggest pleasures as a GM. I have done that. It's one of my, I, I love doing that as well. Putting them in a, in a tight spot and they kind of go, how, do, how are we going to get out of here? I'm like, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> Good luck to you because I don't know what to do either. But I think there is both Tom and John and uh, even, <clears throat> excuse me, even Corey talk about is right, you know, kind of that looking up the rules after the game. I think, as as John says, within D and D three five, not always as easy, but that concept of um, saying, "Hey, I think we're going to go with this for now. We good, good. Everyone nods, great. I'll look it up afterwards and come back and you know bone up on the rules needed. Good stuff. Next one to you, sir. Brandon Barnes on the same topic from GraphicNovelty.com. If you remember, Brandon does the oh yes comics comic book uh, podcast. I've learned to be a lot less strict on rules lately and found I'm a much better DM for it. I follow two rules strictly, the rule of cool and the rule of fun. 
I've played games where encumbrance is tracked heavily, and I found it does take away from the overall experience. I don't think I've played too many Ani Hall games, so it hasn't really been a factor to most. I've recently discovered Neo Neo Classic Geek Revival, and like the idea put forward that if you need to look up a rule, then that mechanic probably wasn't that important to you anyway. This goes for both DM and players. Some systems this won't work for if they're rather rule heavy. It's tough to have so many things memorized. Uh, Like I'm finding relearning musical theory, once you get some of the basic scales down, you can start improvising or faking it. I try to look at as many different tabletop systems as I can and try to learn new techniques from them all. He continues. While driving to work and finishing the episode, I was reminded of the mechanic for classes my friend used in 5e. He borrowed from the chases. death saves. God, did I say? You said sh- classes. Say? He was reminded classes. from the mechanic for chases. Two letters this time. I know. They're tricky. Me- for class chases. <laughs> <laughs> chases. My friend used in 5e. He borrowed from the death saves and had us roll skills of our choice, but not the same two in a row, which he'd judge on how it impact. So, example, Indiana Jones is running away from a boulder. I sprint using athletics. Roll, save. I use my acrobatics to outmaneuver the boulder. Roll, fail. Maybe I know something about this dungeon history. Roll, pass. There's a gap ahead that you might be able to lose the boulder in. I'll use my perception to see if I can find a vine to swing from. Roll, fail. Boulder's gaining. Oh, duh, I have a whip. I use my whip with an acrobatics check to swing out of the way. Give me a roll. Pass. Three successes before three failures. If there's an overall failure, the players might not die, but there could be a significant setback. It's made for some tense situations. I rather like it and might use it myself someday, which is like a skill challenge. Yeah, it is a lot like a skill challenge. The The important piece for chase for any chase mechanic or chase scene is it has to feel tense. And speed and go, 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 go is what you want to feel. You want to have that Jason Bourne, um, Italian job type of feeling. Any kind of good car chase, you want to try to evoke as much of that and, and enforce that feeling as much as you can. So I get it. I like this approach, though. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Very good stuff. Thank you, Brandon. Sweet. All right. And the old school DM, Randy Farmer, wrote in, (coughs) excuse me, thanks for the detailed read and discussion of my post on imprisonments. Brett, you are right that you were getting around to a similar way of thinking by the end of that episode, but I truly appreciate the the kind consideration of my little rant. Well, Randy, you've got good stuff, man. You're a good dude. And uh, like all of our listeners, when you guys speak, it's always definitely worth Sean and our time to take a look at it. And that's no garbage, guys and ladies out there. I mean, everyone, Angela puts in good stuff. Everybody has given us some great things to think about. We've I've picked more than, you know, my fair share of uh, topics come directly out of the stuff that you guys have provided to us. So anyway, uh, Randy continues with, I did have one workaround that works for me when I attempted to skip, attempted to skip unprepped specialized rules. When I am tempted to skip, uh, here, all right, that's it, editing. When I am tempted to skip, unprepped, specialized rules. Ask someone else at the table, usually not involved in the unexpected and so unprepared event, to find the rules. Either show them to me or summarize them for the group. Finally, a rules <laughs> used for the table rules lawyer. Very good point. Yeah. I have yeah. I have done that in the past. I think I brought this up before. Uh, one of my gamers, Alpha, uh, he is the table rules lawyer. He's the best kind of rules lawyer because he um, brings them up both for the good and the bad of the party and all that good stuff. 
And someone go, God, I how does this work? Immediately sets Bill to saying it works like this. You will spout it verbatim or hang on, flip, flip, flip. It's right here. Boom, it works like this. It's, it's great to have those type of people at the table. Indeed. Roger Braslett writes, I was coming to, to the comment section to say essentially the same thing Randy just said. Before slowing the game down to look up rules, I ask, does anyone know the rules for, if not, you get a ruling? Uh, also, if it's not time sensitive, like Brett's question asking Sean if he knows how to attune to a sword in 5e to ask someone else with looking up the rule while you continue. That's a good idea, too. If it's not time sensitive, uh, that's a good add-on to, to Randy's piece, right? Hey, it's not time sensitive that you figure that out. Hey, um, can you look that up, Randy, while Roger and I talk about what he's going to be doing in town, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, sure. Flip, flip, flip. Oh, here it is. Off we go. Good stuff, folks. Huh. Thank you. Very good stuff. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Shall let's we? Let's get into the, yeah, let's get into the main topic. What's the main topic, Brett, I for episode 100? I want to talk about why the hell are we still doing this, man? I mean, you... What are we doing what? what sitting here? Oh, not, not just this. Why are we still what? playing tabletop RPGs after Shit, all these years? Well, Shit, we're going to find out. After all these years, why the hell are you doing it? It's a mystery. It is definitely a mystery. Are you going to analyze my answers and tell me why, what I'm, why I'm still doing I this? might have to. Sweet. So, Sean, let's, let's start off with uh, a quick one here. When did you start? When did you start gaming? I started as a wee lad. I think I've pre- uh, prefaced it as a wee lad. It was, I believe, 1983, Brett. Oh. 1983, 1984? Okay. Around there? Yeah. Can't remember the date exactly. I w- I'm not sure why. I was in third grade. I know that. Third grade? Yeah, I was in third grade. Junior high, sixth or seventh, maybe? I guess it depends on how old you are at 13. <laughs> I was in like grade school. <laughs> See, that, that's why I say like third grade, because I know that's about eight or nine, because that's how old my youngest son is, and he just left third grade. So anyhow. That's pretty young. Could you even read then, Brett? Uh, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> yes, yes, I could. I was not precocious a of, youth. Not a lot of pictures in those books. No, some, there weren't. Some. So did you ever... So that's that's then, and, and Sean and I have talked about this a little bit. I have... I've n- never taken longer than a month break between gaming. That's events. crazy. That's nuts. Now, hold on a second. Before we before we get into that, because I know where you're going, that's great. Want, <laughs> yeah, that's great. No, 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 no. no I just want to say that just because we gamed when we were like, I don't know, 12, 9, 13, since the 80s, because I get a lot, I hear a lot of podcasts like, I've been gaming or I've been gaming since the blue box. Burr, 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 burr. Yeah, I don't care. I don't that doesn't sh- mean you're better than me. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Um, and, and frankly, when you're listening to me, when I say I started when I was 13, I don't expect you to give a shit either. Um, because I don't think the amount of time you game makes you a better gamer. No, no, it does not. And I don't think it makes you any more knowledgeable about gaming necessarily. No. Um, but sometimes it has to do with I think when I tell somebody how long I've been gaming or not even how long, but when I started, it's, I think, because of the impact it had on me at the age I was. And that 
the fact is I started when I was 13. I am now much older. He he. Right. We're, <laughs> we are much older, right, Brett? Yes. Yes, we are. And that, Sean, Sean's older than I am, by the way. I am. Wisdom before Brett. age before age before beauty. I get it. Um, but I, I say that because um, when when I started, my mom would go to work and say my son got into this Dungeons and Dragons thing, and she talked to folks that were at work that were like twenty, thirty something year old individuals, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we play that too," which to her was weird and kind of mind boggling and yet impressive because here her thirteen year old son is playing a game that 20 or 30 some year old folks are which you know somebody could interpret that as well that's really kind of cool because of yeah right and because i started no, younger that means my parents were even more impressed because i was obviously smart <laughs> right. well, i got nothing i got nothing okay right yeah something like that so I, that's why i think that context is kind of cool otherwise other people that have been playing for 50 years i don't care because i've yeah. played because I'll say something, Brett, you and I have played with some people that have played since the dawn of D&D and RPGs. Yes, I know I know folks that are brown box players, right? The first original box set that came in Woodgrain. I know people that played, um, yeah, all, way back then. But we know people that are in the industry that have played and created some of the original stuff in D&D. Yes. And they, <laughs> yeah. they can... They could. Some of root. them are worse. Ga- some of them are worse gamers than some of the people I know. Exactly. Just from a just from a skills growth uh, and so forth perspective, there. I've some of them I have met are uh, terrible game masters. Some of them I've met are terrible players. Um, it's this. It's a style thing more than anything else. I think. Sure. The the, the reason I bring I bring up the when did we start perspective is kind of and you're touching on this is that it's been a part of my life for a very very long time and and yes. yours too. That is fair. That is absolutely and there's fair. and there's something really impressive about that. I mean, there are people who are my my boss uh, is into horses. She has a huge horse ranch that she does on the side. She qualified for the Olympics at one point. She was shortlisted, didn't make it. Um, really talented horse rider. She knows so much about horses, and it's been in her life ever since she was a little girl. And she's a little bit older than I am. To have something as powerful in your life that keeps you engaged, keeps you interested and so on for that length of time. It's, it, it sounds cliche, but there's something magically really freaking cool about that. And, uh, kind of, that's kind of what I want to dig into a little bit. Cause so Sean, I know you stopped for a while. I did. So what, um, so let me ask you, why, why did you quit? And what was the, what was the cause of that? Uh, I, I, ah, I don't know. I mean, I think I was, so I had moved around a little bit, not to get into Sean's childhood and personal life, but I moved around a bit. And I think in some circles where I moved, so I'll give you an example. I grew up in a small town, knew, I got into gaming there, had a tight knit group, gamed pretty often, summers, that's all we did. Grew up with them, got a little bit older, had to move to another school, bigger environment. Um, high school, junior high, those years can be pretty tough on kids in general. And so I went to another school and I think, I think I I didn't know anybody that gamed first of all. And secondly, I was hanging around a group that just didn't game. They were kind of the, I don't know, 
they were just kids that didn't game, right? Well, if you've got a peer group that doesn't game, your new kid to the school is the first thing you want to do, crack out something that, are you ashamed of it? No. But are you worried about somebody not liking a thing or thinking badly of you for some reason? There was that. And I'll, I'll put things in context. I went to school and lived with my aunt and uncle and my cousin. My cousin's my age. And so we were in the same grade level, same classes. And she introduced me to a bunch of her friends, uh, male and female. And But she was not in that scene. She was very kind of, the, I guess, for lack of better words, the popular crowd. And so the popular crowd that I got to know didn't, they didn't game. And so I didn't game during that, those, that period. Then I moved back. We did a little bit and then I moved again. And so when I moved again, I didn't get into the D and D crowd, I guess, uh, for lack of better words. And so that kind of just all of a sudden that was kind of the downward spiral to me, not gaming for quite some time where I went into the military. I mentioned this on a show Guys would walk by, what are you doing? Going to play D and D. I'm like, haha, really? Play people play D and D still? Weird. Okay. Um never said, Hey, I want to play. I mean, it had been years be- be- since I had, so I just I think it was kind of not part of my life. I think there's a there's an interesting thing now if so my kids are getting into it and AJ will be he's gonna make um make a dungeon he wants to run. So he says, can I get on the computer and look up uh, dungeons? Sure, go right ahead. Mm. There are tons of places online, and we just talked about this earlier, right? Where, hey, maybe maybe we need to do some online gaming, right? Maybe that's the best thing to do. Maybe we need to step into that space. Um, back in the day, there was no such thing, right? You could get a subscription to Dragon Magazine or something along those lines to stay in touch with gaming itself. But if you were unlucky enough to lose your group, it wasn't always easy to go get and find a new group to make, <laughs> basically to make new gamers out of people around you who weren't gamers. It wasn't popular, and there was a, that the uh, there was the the scare in the eighties around you know it's all devil worship and that that crazy shit that went around. I grew up in a very religious household, and that was a huge concern for my parents for a while. Um, that this thing was like you know a, a bad focus for me type of thing. Got over that, not a big deal. <clears throat> but I had. My sister played, and my mother did, and my mom was big into Tolkien, The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, that type of stuff. So she got it, and I was able to maintain friends that continued to game. And I can definitely, and I know, Sean, so I guess short version is I know your story is pop- popular enough in uh, in our generation where people have who may have faded from it and then came back to it because you lost your gaming group for one reason or another. By hook or by crook, they're gone, and you're like the lone gamer in town. You're like, okay, I could risk some weird stigma, walk around, depending how confident you feel, and ask people if they want to play D and D. Not that common, <laughs> or at least it wasn't back then. I think a little bit of it. If I had to like put my finger on it exactly, it's too to the point of. I think we outgrew it at that time. I had buddies okay. of mine. They, they were they were more more interested in going to parties. Um, I don't know. We we might have gamed our butts off and maybe out gamed ourselves, and it was just like, eh, I'm, I, you know, instead of a Saturday night, you know, um, gaming, we're gonna go out and whoop it, whoop it up, and yeah, um, do that. I don't know. I had um in high school we had uh, one guy Dietrich Vorath. You probably will never listen to so I'm gonna name names. Dietz would play D&D with us. He was one of the best 
role players I'd met at the time. He was like the pinnacle of role players. He would get in a character. It was amazing. The stuff he would come up with, he was just so much fun to be there. I learned a lot as even as a budding game master, watching how he played. I'm like, I want to get my players to act like that. What do I do? My buddy Eric Schaefer was running the game at the time. It was he, Mike Hazy, Dietz, and I. We were the Warriors 3. We're in the Forgotten Realms 1st Edition. We're having a blast. 2nd Edition comes along. We're doing some of that. <clears throat> so much fun. Dietz did not want anyone at our high school to know he gamed. He was a popular kid, bit of a jock, popular crowd, blah, blah, blah. He did not want anyone to know. He'd see us in the hall and go, hey, Dietz. He'd go, hey. And that was it. He was your friend. He wanted to hang out with you and so on. But he did not want anyone to know that he was a gamer. So by this time, I'm like a junior in high school. I'm very, I'm getting more confident with who I am, what I like to do, and so forth. And he's a senior. He's a year older than me. And I would see him go, hey, man, we're gaming tonight, right? And I would say this out loud in front of the girls standing next, popular chick standing with the football players. He'd be like, well, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. See you tonight, man. And I'd just walk off. And I'd just like leave him to deal with the problem because I'm like, I don't. Because at that point, I didn't care. Yeah. I'd hit a point in my, in my time. I'm like, no, I love this thing. I'm not going to quit. So that was that's just a little fun thing I used to do. <laughs> kind of mean, but it was fun. Yeah. So when did you get back into it? Now you were out. You were out for I was all the way a, through your twenties. I was out of it for quite some time. I think I departed the hobby. If I had to put a time frame down, oh man, Brett, it was probably God. When did I last run? Maybe when I was seventeen. 18 for sure. I wasn't gaming when I came to Madison and officially moved into the school district here. Um, and then I went into the military. I was in the military for two years the first time. Got out for a year and a half. Went back in for another three and a half. So that's, you know, putting me in my mid-20s and still didn't game. Um, married my wife. Didn't know I was a gamer. Uh and then I went. Just your dirty little secret. You it, kept was, it was. It was. <laughs> did you have it? Did you still have any books or dice at this time? I didn't have them with me. Oh, so you were able to hide it from the wife. No, uh-huh. I wasn't. Hiding. I, it was. Ah, uh, you were hiding. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so I was in the military. So when you're in the military, you got stuff at parents' houses, and no, I get it. Right, I get it. Yep, and um, in storage or what have you. Got out. Um, so I don't think it was until. I was 30 for whatever reason. I think a friend of mine was going back in the military. He had got, he was like me. He was in, got out, decided to go back in. We were giving him a going away party. I remember this uh, to this day. And we, it was all uh, the core of us that showed up to that going away. Shingding were all gamers. We were all the core gamers growing up when we were 13, 14, 15 playing RPGs. Cool. Yeah. So, and we, we, we never lost touch. I mean, we'd go in the military, another guy go in the Navy, one guy would go off to somewhere else and then we'd all come together and then we'd say, Hey, and have drinks and beers. And then, you know, we'd go off for another year or two and then we'd come together again and rally each other. So we'd rally up buddies going, my buddy Joe is going in the army again, going into the army to drive boats, go figure. Anyways. <laughs> uh, so my buddy, Randy said, hey, you, we should play D&D. We should get the group together and play some D&D. And every one of us was kind of like, we all scoffed. We were like, no, nah, come on. Whatever, crazy. dude, that's old, man. We haven't played we, kids. we haven't played since I was like 16, like 15 years ago. 
And he had been running, so Randy is about a year or two older than myself, and he had been running games for his nephew. So Randy would have been 32-ish, and his nephew was about 19, and his friends were about 19, 20. So they were, um, so he was running games for them. And at this point, he's, he's explaining to us 3.0. He's like, oh, it's a D20 system. There's, you know, the armor class. Everything is roll high, the better. Um, their skills, it's much more intuitive. And I, I thought for sure it would never happen because, I mean, I had friends at this point that were married. They had kids. Um this is just this is just army guy talking. We're just bullshitting. There's no way we're really going to game. We're just talking. Yeah, and so I I don't know how it happened. We said okay, and then what happened was he finagled us into his nephew's kind of game group. So we're here now. This is the kind of weird thing, right? Is that half of us are you know 30 years old or more, and then half of them are 19 and 20 year olds. That's awesome. Not a huge deal, but a little bit of little difference yeah right and yeah, yeah. Uh, i mean let's put it this way there was still people in the group that would say oh there's a fountain i pee in it <laughs> of course because you've got because you do year old that's, boys right yeah. that's, that's what you do i i pulled on my pants and i piss in the fountain so we had that was, a, that was a 30 year old army guy by the way doing that because they're army guys <laughs> <laughs> So we, we had probably in that, in that group, we had probably, God, I think we were up to 10 players once. Oh, cool. Um, so then that's where it began. It was the rebirth of the gamer, Sean. And then it went bonkers. <laughs> cool. Not, then I'm like podcasting, <clears throat> talking about games, getting into all this other stuff, knowing the dynamics. It's, that's it's, cool. It's totally out of control now, Brett. Oh, it is. My I've, wife I've knows seen. I'm a gamer now. I came out of the closet and told her I was a gamer. She almost left you because of that, didn't Did she? Did I tell you about it when I took her to a game store? No. Should I share that on the air? Do it. Share like, it on the air. What happened? So I I had just gotten back into it, and I had explained to her, and I think I got into D&D Minis too, right? The D&D Minis game. And uh, one time I took her to a game store. I'm like, hey, is it okay if we go to the game store? We had been married... God, I know we were married. I can't remember for how long. It wasn't it's, It wasn't like ten years. It was like two or three. And uh, here in Madison, took her to a local game store, named after a myth- mythical monster. And she followed me in. And I think it was on a Thursday or Friday night. Um, they had some event going on. I think they said it had some hero clicks, maybe some magic or Pokemon or something. And so we go in there. And usually my wife kind of keeps close to me and, you know, she's in a gaming store. She doesn't, you know, she's not perusing things. She's not a gamer. And I look to see if she's next to me and she's not. She's about, you know, 10 feet behind me or somewhere else. And I look over and she just has this look on her face that she's staring out kind of amongst the gamers with just a blank face. And I kind of look at the stuff I'm looking at, the books, and I grab something and I say, you know, literally I had to like, you know, touch her, like snap her out of it. Like, hey, you ready to go? <laughs> and she didn't say anything. He's like kind of dazed, right? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, ready. Go. I pay for it. 
we go and we walk to the car. And at this point, she's still silent. She hasn't said a word to me at all. And she gets in the car. And as I look over, and she's still looking through the car window, through the window into the game store, right? Like blank stare. Just, just staring at the nerds staring, with a blank look on her face. Staring at, at, at the nerds that be. And she, yeah. sa- and she says, now this is, do not pass judgment on my wife. She's good hearted. But she says, what an interesting subspecies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've already told me that before. Oh, and I God. said, she says, have any of them ever been with a girl? And I said, real or not real? Funny. Yeah, now I just like lost half our listeshipship because they don't want to bang, banging on the, the the hobby of the nerds. But anyway, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what though there there's a that that stereotype is one of the things that the that we have that gamers have fought for a very long time. They have, you know, oh, yes. You know, oh, you live in your mom's basement. You're 40 years old. You work at a call center, and you fight dragons on the weekend. Way to go, nerd. I mean, it's that shit that stops. Sometimes my oldest son from wanting to talk about gaming at high school with the wrong kid because he doesn't want to be picked on for it. Right. Right. It, that's still there. And I think the other piece that goes into you know, how long have we been doing it and the fact that I've been doing it since third grade and I pretty much haven't stopped, there is something incredibly powerful to gaming to me as a creative outlet and the ability to, for storytelling, reading. It's just everything I really, really like. I talked about this on the... Uh, on the Down with D&D episode where we talked about what D&D means to us, it's the power of it, it has, for me, has been something that I <clears throat> I go through that. I'm like, okay, fine, fucking make fun of me. Go ahead. I don't care. Right. right? At this point, at, at, for We're too now, old for that shit. Now, now at this point, I'm like, I'm 43. Yeah. You don't like me? I don't I don't really care. Fine, move on. Get, do something else. But that's tough to do when you're a young kid or when you're 20-something and people are like, hey, I want to go drinking. Like, fuck, you know what? I'd really like to. I'd love to just sit down and like, you know, two more horrors, man. I, you know, keep on the borderlands. Remember that? God, it was fun. Should, we should do that. What? We should go be chasing girls. We should go be doing this. We should go be doing drinking or hanging out over here or going to the game. What you want to do is something different. And it it's not easy to uh, to look at some of those peer groups around you or even your friends who are drifting away from the hobby and uh, stay strong in it. And it's not like a... It's not a religion thing. It's like, oh, stay strong in your faith. It's nothing at all like that. But I gaming means so much to me. Um, my wife can tell you that if I'm if I don't game, like the month of December is usually bad for my group because of the holidays, right? Yeah. Um, so we try to get a game in in November, get that done before Brett disappears for hunting season. Love my hunting. I get back from that. I'm like, okay, hunting's over now. We got that set. And the month of December is like this. The holidays are happening. There's a lot of family stress and just stuff going on, and there's no gaming outlet. I can't. I can't game. There's just no one. No one's around. <laughs> now that my kids are older, they want to game, so that's my outlet now. But when I don't have that, if it goes for a month and a half, right between games because of the way the calendar's working, you know, oh my god, we're not quite there yet. We're not quite the game yet. I get pissy. You know, I I to the jobs we do, and we've talked about this before. The jobs we do oftentimes are not the most creative, right? Having a really, I mean, at IT project management or managing people, being really creative in how you manage people and saying, hey, look, I drew 
this pretty diagram to show you how you've been performing against your against your IDP. That, that's not what anybody wants to see. They want straight, you know, very choreographed data and so forth. And I used to draw. I, I was I had an art scholarship in, in college. I used to draw a lot. I loved to write. And I'm not really, really good at any, either of those things, but it was fun. And it's a creative outlet. And I have found that I need that. If I don't have a creative outlet to to uh, funnel some of the energy into and the things and the ideas I have and the stuff I've read. And I'm like, oh, this would be such a really cool game. God, this would be a cool thing to to pull from this movie or this TV show and turn it into something and watch my friends just revel in how much fun we're having. I, I need to have that. And I think it's kind of the, the gamer high. People have talked about that before. But that gamer high that I get at the table is, you know, third grade Brett playing a paladin with like a 25 strength and whatever. We had obscene stats because my buddy's older brother was running for us. That third grade, Brett, I still have that feeling when I'm playing a really good game now. It's really, really fun. I love it. It's just, I may find, I don't want to play some weird, you know, you know, power gamer paladin anymore. I want to do something a little more detailed, a little deeper in this bot or whatever it is, but I still want that. I want to run a cool game. I want to play in a really cool game. And, <laughs> I will forego a lot of other things, right? I mean, if if it was like, well, we could either go on a motorcycle ride or we could get together and play games, I'll play games. I love riding bike. I really do. The preference would be, hey, guess what, Sean? I'll ride the bikes to the game. We'll game, I'll ride the bikes back. I want to merge as much stuff with my gaming as possible. It's on my to-do list, dude. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this was the shit that was... My buddy Eric, guys used to give him crap. He was a, he and some of the other guys were in Boy Scouts. And uh, he would pack some D&D stuff with him every Boy Scout trip hiking, whatever it was, because he never knew when a game could break out. Um, And they always gave him shit for it, except for the one time when it rained like a motherfucker for the entire trip. They couldn't leave their tent. They played D&D, like, for two days straight. And they loved it. Like, oh, thank God you brought these books. He's like, hello, this is what I do with this. And now, I mean, I go to work, I have my iPad with me. It's got gaming stuff in it. I will talk gaming at a drop of a hat. I walk by a couple of guys that Sean and I used to work with where I'm still at now. Um, I'll talk gaming to anybody. I mean, that's, it's, it's a huge draw for me. Um, and I think for me, it's not only this, it's my tribe, these are my people type of thing, but the creative outlet is something that I have found. I don't do, I appreciate woodworking. I'm not good at it. I could, could I throw myself into it? Probably. I appreciate motors and cars. I love motorcycles. As I've said, I could be a mechanic. It doesn't sing to me. You know, I love hunting. I love uh, archery and all these things. I could make my own bows. I could become a gunsmith. I could do all sorts of cool things in that way. But gaming is the thing where I sit down and I tear a rule apart. I tear this thing apart. I want to figure out how to make this better. How do I have a better experience? The creative aspect of gaming, it's so cerebral, right? Yeah, you can get props and so forth, but it's all in your head. And it's just this ability to do and be anything I want with my friends who can do the exact same things. My buddies who are disabled cannot work because of congenital hip issues or, or problems with joints and, or, you know, <clears throat> very limiting diseases. They don't have, there's nothing. There's nothing that stops them at the table. And it's so freaking magical to me. I just love it. Good stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> kind no, of. that's all right. Um, but I should I feel compelled to, to defend my wife because she might come off as as a little not arrogant. That's not the word. Well, the thing is though, if you don't if you don't know the hobby, if you don't understand it, right? When you the first time you run into 
Um, there's a stereotype of jocks in high school. They're a bunch of stupid fucking meatheads. I, I was giving shit about army guys pissing in a pool, right? That wasn't me though. That was the nineteen year olds. I, I know it was, but you know what? I, you know what I mean. Though. I, give, I, I have give had shot. people pee in fountains in real life, like <laughs> idiots that have gotten stupid drunk in Munich and they go in the fountain. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But anyways, but you know, I saw. So I, I gave Sean a little crap. Yeah. Um, because there, there's a stereotype. Oh, you're just a dumb grunt. Okay, uh, ah. there's a stereotype. There's a connection. I miss that. People, that. <clears throat> that people can see that. Ha ha ha. It's cute. It's but once you take the time to get to know, right? You know, it's it's that breaking down that that component of it. And I stand for. I guess stand tall is probably a weird a weird phrase for this, but. When I have been around people bashing the hobby or like, oh, you still play that? I thought that was just for kids. I'm like, I know 50-year-old men who play this with me. Really? Yeah. My wife plays. Most of my kids play. Oh. I'm like, really, motherfucker? You want to tell me that I'm a kid and that I'm stupid and that this is dumb? Do you play video games? Well, yeah. Shut up. You know? You got a 60th level warlock in World of Warcraft? Shut up. Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, I was trying to defend your wife with you there. My apologies. Well, so she, so she has been very supportive. Um, it didn't start out that way. You know, it was, you know, I don't understand. She doesn't want to game. She doesn't want to game. She doesn't want to be a gamer. She has no interest in gaming, and that is perfectly fine. She lets me game once a week. Um, she lets me go to a couple local cons. Um, she does lets me do this podcast. So the that piece of the unknowing and what it means. And I don't share gaming stories cause that's not, not what interests her necessarily. Um, you know, when I start talking about like game night, she's like, uh, uh, okay. Uh, huh, sure. But you know, she doesn't want to hear that any more than I want to hear. I don't even know actually. I don't, but it's, um, but I say that's the supportive piece of it, which is not always easy to achieve. And I think some people get out of the hobby because, they may meet somebody that doesn't understand it, and then they put the big kibosh down, and that sucks. I, weren't you and I? Was it you and I talking about this? Somebody was telling me a few months back. Oh shit! It was my wife. My wife did this. Is how I. This is how I ended up with some of my with another copy of the Red Box and a bunch of modules I wanted that I was missing, and some AD and D stuff. My wife goes to a garage sale, and this lady has her husband's D and D collection, what was left of it, on the table for like forty bucks. My wife sends me a picture, says, this is what he's got. I said, I'll pay 40 She's like, I'm going to try to get it cheaper. I'm like, 40 is fine. Give it to him. She goes, no, I want to get it cheaper. So Susan walks up and starts <laughs> talking to her. And <laughs> she's like, 30 Well, 35 And the lady kind of looks around and goes, well, he's not here. And this stuff's for kids. It needs to go away. Yeah. So clearly, she did not support her husband in it. And he had hung on to these books for a while. I asked her, how, how old was she? She's like, well, she's got to be like close to our age. And I said, so it's a 40-year-old couple. He's been dragging around his 1980s circa red box and his expert set and the companion set for all these years. They're in great condition. He's been keeping them in this good condition for all this time, hoping someday he'd pull it out. And uh, his wife doesn't support it, so she sold it out from under him. Now, granted, I'm more than happy to have them, but I'm like, damn, that that shit happens. You know, you get people in a hobby, like you said, they meet somebody. I've known uh, lady gamers who have met. Met a really cool guy, and they're they're dating. Everything's going great, and he doesn't get it. He doesn't want her hanging out with a bunch of nerds. He doesn't want her hanging out with a bunch of guys at game night. How come I can't come? Well, this is what we do. I don't like that. Oh my god, it's <laughs> that was a more of a controlling situation with with that individual. But it was still it, it's the support thing. Without support in the hobby, 
it's hard to it's hard to stick with it, right? Mm-hmm. We have the we have one listener who I'm forgetting his name right now, but he has not played much, but he reads a lot. He buys books, stays in touch. Damn, I'm feeling like it's such an ass. I don't recall it. I won't recall the gentleman's name, so I apologize uh, right now. Anyhow, reads books, stays in touch with hobby, listens to us, checks out other podcasts, and um, he doesn't he he's not able to game for whatever reason. Hasn't elaborated. That's fine, but he's not gaming. Wow, I mean that's it takes a lot to stay involved in something when you don't have any support. That is true. That is true. That it is uh yes. It is that is tough. That is very and tough. It, and it's such a so and it's such a social I mean it is a social event and the cool part about right now and I jokingly say the golden age right but you can get online if you want to play right now, you can find someone online to play with. If you really desperately have to play in person, then you can find ways to do that, right? But you can start online. I mean, there's there's plenty of opportunities out there. Yeah. Um, is there? So speaking of this, I guess apart from talking about what we you know kind of the high level love about, it, is there anything, Sean, that's ever made you question why you're still doing it right now? Is there anything that's come to you and said, "What the fuck am I doing this for?" Hell I no! Qu- I want to quit. Hell no, man. No. Fuck no. Because I could be doing dumber shit than this. <laughs> I could be doing yeah. dumber shit than that. I look at a list of dumb shit I could do, and I say, you know what? This is not nearly as dumb as I could Man, be. Man, I used to be kind of sporto guy. I used to keep up with my favorite teams and all that crap, and now I don't even consider myself to even do any of that. To me, it's not my thing. You know, I used to be in fantasy football leagues and and all this other crap, and I'm just like, you know what? That's that's not my that's not my jam, man. My my jam is. Freaking D and D. My jam is role playing games. My jam is hanging out with gamer dudes and dudettes. I mean, it's I don't know what it is. I uh, no, there's not a like bowling night, game <laughs> night. It's like not even in the same freaking universe. I'll tell you the there is. Kind of like I said, there's times when I get like pissy about oh, I can't game or it didn't work or we got to cancel it this week or <clears throat> work out in a way. Sometimes the, for me, it comes at certain times of the year when I can't get my regular game going because we had to cancel it for some reason. Or I showed up and we had to do something different. Or um, at the end of the year, as I said, when I can't game in December, it might take a little bit longer into January where we can get to game. There's a certain time when I, I come in the room and I'm, I'm mad about something, come to the home office, and I see all the books I have, and I'm like, God damn it. You know, I can't even fucking play this stuff. Half of this stuff my kids don't like. They're too young to play this with. They don't get it. And I, I have I have periodically, my wife can tell you this, going, God, I should just fucking quit. He's like, why Why would you do that? Ah, I'm just pissed off. Just need so, a break, dude. <laughs> just need a break. So I'll tell you what, though. The thing I have found that has kept it fresher to me is playing. I mm. have game mastered, solid game mastered for 20 years. Yeah, that'll do right? it. I mean, honestly, yeah. the the longest I have played a game, like a consistent game, has been with you. Holy in for- shit. Ev- in forever. Wow. We, didn't, then, we haven't even played that long. No, but between you and uh, Sneezak running his thing uh, with me and some other folks, that those two opportunities... Like every week, so there's a there's a game I'm playing in. Yeah. I can go and I can game in, and I don't have to be the person who comes up with all the stuff. I don't have to be that person. There's that itself has been a big rejuvenating thing for me as far as looking at the hobby. Yeah, 
Because it does. I don't get to that point. Where I'm like, I don't want to fucking run. I'm tired. You don't have to be. On. Oh my god. No, you don't. You I can have. I can make a character like Tornos in the in the Star Wars game. I wanted to be support guy. I wanted to learn the rules. I had so much fun with him. I love Tornos. He was a lot of fun. He's a goofy, wonky dude um, wearing his Space Iron Maiden shirts and stuff. You know, just goofing around. It was a lot of fun, and I got to play. I could just show up. And I didn't have to be on. I didn't have to figure out what to do with this. I could <clears throat> make stuff happen, didn't happen, come up with some cool stuff, and move on. Is that and what see, you called that? Cool stuff? <laughs> it was cool to me, shooting Jeez. ship's guns, man. That's awesome. Yeah, hey, for your 10 kilometers away, man. I can hit him. totally hit him. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> but that has been um, kind of a, like I said, when... We talked about like the the DM slump, right? We talked, well, you need to take a break or do something. But I'll tell you, my personal piece for me is, is, and then I've also started playing more board games. Mm. Not a lot of them, but even a game as simple as The Duke. It's fantasy chess is the, one of the best ways I describe it to people. Oh, really? What's different about it? And I explain it to them. Like, oh, that sounds cool. Um, or when I'm playing a card game <laughs> with my friends, my buddy uh, Mike Sigmund and his wife, uh, he's the guy from Albion Swords, we'll play um, Instinct, which is an old... Out of print. We talked about this in our board game thing. A lot of print. Uh, Wizards of the Coast game. Playing games like that, or um, Mice and Mystics, and so forth with the kids. Talisman. I'm not going quite his board game crazy as uh, Wayne Humphrey has gone lately. He's getting a whole lot of stuff. But there's something again to kind of. I love the hobby. I really, really do. And sometimes I get tired of doing a certain component of it. And I'm like, you know what? Stop thinking that's the only piece of it. There's so much more to this. Right, I had this narrow focus for a while that I had to get Game Master material. I had to focus on running the game, and that was all I was looking for. And now I'm looking at it saying, this game would be fun to play. I don't want to run this game. I will play this game. Right. So Edge of the Empire, I read, I uh, got a copy of the rules. I started parsing through it. I'm like, okay, this is going to be fun to play. I don't want to run this game. I have no desire to run this game. I don't like Star Wars that much. I will play the hell out of this game, though, or I will get into it when someone runs it because it's going to be fun. I want to be able to play, and I can just kind of get in it and I can coast a bit. I don't it feels like coasting compared to when when I'm a game master. That was cool. And the same thing with Sneezex D&D game when we're doing the Ravenloft thing there is still I know 5e. I don't have to worry about the same stuff he does. This right. is cool. Yeah. I can I can react to stuff. I can make things happen. I can make the fun thing happen. I can do stuff. Wow. And uh coming back at the hobby and putting a different pair of lenses on has really helped get through those times. You're like, God, I don't know if I want to run another venture. I don't know what to do. Maybe somebody else could fucking run something, you know, and you're like, no, 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 I got to be, I got to be the game master. No, I don't. I don't have to do that. And it's uh, been kind of cool. All right. Cool. There's so, there's not, nothing, you've never thought about going back to quitting, right? You never, you've, you've, I have taken prolonged breaks. I mean, I think at one point I took another, like a year long break almost before I got back into it. You know, I, I was in a group. It was one of those where I was trying to kick up campaigns every, every few weeks. And they were just like, yeah, that's not going to happen. And I just kind of like said, kill my character. And then I was done. And literally, I think it was, it was a while. Um, and I wasn't gaming at all, period. It was like a year. I can't remember what year it was that... Were, that, you, were, you, were you jonesing, though? Over time, it, it did get to a point where it's like, I got a game. And yeah. I, I ended up becoming... Well, I mean, I that's how I got into some of the groups I'm in now because 
said, okay, well, I don't have a group. I got to go and find one and create one. So I went to start Pathfinder Society, and I went to the local game store. Said, hey, I want to run Pathfinder Society. Anybody can join. Anybody can sit down. I'm fine with that. And they said, fine. I ran it. I then got the same consistent people pretty much every week. And then my buddy Doc was like, hey, anybody obj- you know, object to doing this at a house, at a home, somebody's home? And everybody said, sure, whose? And he's like, mine. Boom. Game group. And nice. then, yeah. And then we're still playing. A couple of people have come and gone, but it's still going since then. That's I've talked one- to a couple different folks who have done the the um the organized play thing and it has blossomed into the my core game group. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. Yep. You hook up with that group of people, like, wow, it's the same six of us. Her, her, him, 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 her. We're all here all the time. You guys like to play anything else? Yeah, I like Call of Cthulhu. Who runs a good, good game? Sheila does. Well, Sheila, you're running Call of Cthulhu, man, because that's just the way it goes. All right, sounds good. Where we want to play here? Now let's go to my house. Okay. You know? Yeah. There is something really, again, the other, I, I think you touched on this at the beginning, and one of the other pieces about the hobbies, once you get, <clears throat> once you get into the hobby... And you look at things like our listener feedback. You look at the different different communities out there, the way people support each other. Now, there's obviously there's some there's some dickhead men and women out there who are more than happy to slam bash and tell everybody that they're doing it wrong. There's assholes in every hobby. I'm not talking about those folks. I'm talking about most of us are trying to support each other. Most of us are here when someone says, God, I don't know how to find a group. What should I do? I'm, you know what? I'm going to ask those gaming BS guys. If not them, maybe the listeners will know. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go ask Misdirected Mark, or I'm going to go ask this other group and see what they have to say. And I, I think the support structure that the gaming community has built itself, you know, for uh, podcasting and all this cool stuff that's out there. I mean, when we were at GaryCon and we did the podcast uh, kind of round table there. There were a bunch of us there and everyone was supportive before, during and after the show. What are you running? Oh my God. What kind of hardware are you using? Oh, that sounds really cool. How are you doing this? We we're all just swapping tips and tricks and who does what, how do you do it? Cause we're all, you know, rookies. We're all not doing this really professionally. We're just trying stuff. And it, I, I think yeah, the support, I guess, is just one of the other things that keeps me in the hobby. Because I can go to any gaming store, even if it's a really shitty gaming store, and I can bump into somebody that I can talk gaming theory about. I can go online. I can look at a good Google Plus community like ours or Mr. Dr. Marks or anybody out there. I can start talking to somebody. I could, I could get a hold of Jason Blaylock on Google Plus and say, hey, I got an idea. What do you think about this? You seem to like this type of thing, Jason. I'd like to run this by you. And I'll bet you dollars to don't you'd be like, yeah, sure, hit me with it. Run it by me. You know what, Brett? That sounds good. Give it a shot. Tell me what you think. I mean, this is the type of thing that we do back and forth as just as gamers in general. And it's really, really cool. And that's kind of how you get to, you know, go to a gaming convention, end up crashing somebody's hotel because we're gamers and we want to help each other out. You know, it's, it's pretty cool. It's very, very cool. All right, man. Anything else on this? No, I don't think so. Cool. I think we're good. So, folks, I knew, I knew, as I warned you up front, we'd get a little model in there, but it's just, uh, it, there's something really cool about this hobby. And I think it's not easy to put into a succinct format. And uh, you kind of got to bullshit your way through it. And well, that's, that's kind of what Sean and Brett do best. So, hey, shall we move on? 
Yeah, because the BS stands for uh, what does it say? Brett is it? and Sean. Brett and Sean and and, yes. and bullshit. It is there we a go. There we double go. entendre. Yes, it is. So I know French. <laughs> nice. All right, let's get into die roll. Uh, two to four miscellaneous points of gaming and geekery that we want to bring to your attention. I should add, there may be new listeners to our show, Brett. Oh, that's um, very cool. Yeah, so there has been, um, you know, for Gen Con, we have a list of gamers that if anybody tweeted about Gen Con, we added them to a list on our Twitter account. So some people may, this may be their first episode they've ever listened to of Gaming and BS, which we probably should have prefaced at the beginning of the show, but. That's okay. But again, I mean, if they like what they give an idea of like, hey, I think I like what's going on here. wonder what their story is. You know what to do. You go to one and work your way forward. You do. We now have an extensive back catalog that you can work your way through. Now, we are not an award nominated. We are award adjacent. We're nominated adjacent because we know Phil and Chris and Bob. Bob, I think we're adjacent to an award nomination. They didn't win the podcast. Best podcast. But they're winners in my eyes, Brett. Absolutely, man. Same here. Yeah. Screw the kid and Robin. How the hell do they get? I'm not going to go on around. I love (laughs) Ken and Robin. They do good shit. They sweat the Ennies. I mean, they won freaking 12 awards between the two of them and Pelgrin. Um, So they do good work. But the podcast, man, they're just like, they're, they're talking about Canadian politics in episodes, man. I don't, I love those guys. You know what? The, uh, I don't know. But from a gaming purist perspective, I, I get where you're coming from. All right. Shall who, we who roll got it? The, who got the silver on that? I don't remember. RPR. I don't remember. I think RPR. RPR, RPR yeah. Okay. Role-playing public radio. Okay. Shall Good. we? Congratulations to all any oh, absolutely. award winners. Absolutely. We should have had like an any award pool. Like, who oh, did you pick? Oh, shit. That would have been pick? cool. Yeah. I know who I picked. I don't think anybody had picked one or anything. Well, that's not true. Pelgrane did pretty well, obviously. Yeah. So Yeah, so there's a lot there. All right. Oh, anyways, I don't know how the hell I got on that. Two to four miscellaneous <laughs> points of time. Gaming and geekery. We want to bring to you and your attention. Brett's got three. I've got three. That looks about right. Go ahead. All right. Brett Stir. Brettsky. Not, so, not to be <laughs> confused with- for the other Brettsky that is actually on Twitter following yes. us. Yes. And actually maybe the person contributing to us. Could well be. I don't know. So apparently, on uh, io9 has this link in the show notes. There's an even bigger George R. R. Martin universe could be coming to TV. Jeez. So um, I am not a huge Game of Thrones uh, fanatic kind of guy. I just I can't seem to get into it. Don't you can't get into it. the show. No, I don't. And I started reading the books. And I'm, no, watch the show, man. Thing. Watch the show. Nah, don't wanna. No. No wanna. Why not? Don't know. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. We don't have time on. for this. We're running long as it is. Dude, have you- on. <laughs> Anywhere. Potential for an even larger universe coming to TV. Dude, Next my, up. my wife watches Game of Thrones. What the that hell? Might be, that might be why I don't watch it. Oh. oh. Non-gamers. Non-gamers watching my stuff. God damn it. No, I'm kidding. Good ca- there's good characters in that series. I'm telling you, the secret to a good show is good characters. If you don't develop the characters, listen here, Hollywood writers- if you don't develop the characters, it's a shit show. 
done. Nuff said. You heard it here first. Or other places as well. I don't know. (laughs) Sean Kelly spitting work work over that. Jesus Christ. That's like the key, man. Make them somebody you care about or hate. And you're you're guaranteed to get viewers. Absolutely. God damn it. All right. Uh, Next up is a... Folks have seen uh, excuse me, the old wooden puzzle boxes and stuff. I thought this was really cool. It is a puzzle book. Um, it's a series of puzzles that have to be solved in order, in order to continue reading the book. I saw this and I thought of, of course, Nomish Dwarven construction, alchemical construction, just the types of secrets that could be kept in this style of book in your fantasy RPG anywhere. Uh, just really, really cool. Link in the show notes. I thought the uh, the layout was just really sweet on that. And the last one I had, there's a Mayan tomb that has recently been uncovered that supposedly um, is holding body, treasure, and tales of a snake dynasty. So for those of you who are Reptoid uh, fanatics out there, and if you remember a couple of shows back, if you're a Reptoid looking to find love, I have a link out there for you as well. But <clears throat> so archaeologists, ha- archaeologists have uncovered what may be the largest royal tomb found in more than a century of work in Maya ruins in Belize, along with a puzzling set set of hieroglyphic panels that provide clues to a snake dynasty that conquered many of its neighbors some 1300 years ago. So anyone who uh, is the HP Lovecraft uh, person uh, called Cthulhu, we all know about the snake people. So you have been warned back to you, Sean. So a snake dynasty, like duck dynasty, like there's a call and then you get in your, then you're like marketed throughout Walmarts of the world. Yeah, maybe that's what killed them. Maybe that's why the mines died out. <sighs> Who knows? <laughs> that could be. Could be on to something <laughs> here. When Sean and Brett are assassinated <laughs> by ancient Mayan assassins, you'll know what happened and why. Carry on. See over 100 photos from the Harry Potter studio tour. So if you're a ha- Harry Potter aficionado, you probably know about this. Or if you're interested in finding out more, link in the show notes, kind of like the making of Harry Potter and all kinds of stuff in that article, the Nerdist. There's some really cool photos in there. That's sweet. I'll have to show this to my kids too. I mean, I was told Harry Potter is the Star Wars of that generation. I could see that. I could definitely see that. I don't want to play off Harry Potter because, man, that is a franchise. Yeah. Good on her. She's Muko rich. <laughs> Just a little bit. Holy I mean, cow. it's, I mean, not J- everything could be J- Harry K. Potter. Some, some things have to s- settle for Star Wars, but it's okay. I think she's still kind of rooted. That's what I can appreciate. And it's not all Star Wars. I know. Right. <laughs> Number two, Far Trek RPG. A free Star Trek TOS. Those not in the know, that's the original series, Brett. Nice. RPG that uses a 3D6 system where you add 3D6 plus attribute mod plus skill. Classes based off shirt color slash department. <laughs> Red shirts. Nice. Right. The rules and support material give you everything you need to play without too much bloat. Thanks to Joe England for pointing that out on Google+. Plus. Check, Very get, nice. Check it out because it, you know, he thought about it because of the new announcement of Modifius mm-hmm. getting the license to do the new Trek game that'll be coming in 2017. 
Number three, Hobby Games Market nearly $1.2 billion in 2015 via ICV2. That's some serious walking around money. $1.2 billion. That's a lot of cash. That's pretty cool. Who wants a slice of that pie? You know, one more reason why the hobby is a little more uh, mainstreamy now. I know a game store that doesn't want a slice of that pie. Well, I think we know a couple of game stores that don't don't even know what what kind of pie they're trying to slice into. They're you know they're, they have a loaf of bread. They're not quite sure what they're doing. <laughs> oh, good lord! So <sighs> yeah, that's good. If you like um, like metrics and stats and all that stuff, it's a good article on the hobby games market. Yeah, so when someone tells you that the hobby hobby games is dying, you just slap them in the face with those articles. What you do? It's the golden age. Absolutely is. All right. So I don't have a. I don't know if I have like something to get to the next segment. No, we're just gonna have to jump right into it, man. That's how we do it around here. Yeah. So we had a trivia contest. Do it. <clears throat> Boom. Gotta have Shayo. Oh, we gotta have Shaya. 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 Shaya Lubuf. In uh, the show. So we had a trivia contest trivia for this contest! episode. And uh, we asked folks to go out, um, answer 13 simple questions. We had 40 folks uh, respond. It was really cool. I appreciate, and I know Sean does too. Well, appreciate had, everybody taking the time uh, to have some fun with us. So we that had was pretty to, cool. We had to grow the spam list. We did. We had to grow the spam list to send you the second email I think we've ever sent, perhaps. It, it's maybe. just a ploy to get your damn email so we can spam the shit out of you. Absolutely. So, hey, thanks for doing that. Perfect. Because there's a prince in Rwanda who really needs to send you some money. <laughs> and they live in Madison and put on a podcast. <laughs> exactly. All right, Sean. So, how are we going to do this? I so, think we're gonna we're gonna pick three winners randomly. We are gonna pick three winners, but f- before we do that, Brett, I think we should go through some of the answers because I think there are some interesting answers. <clears throat> we have nothing else. People need to know what the right answer was, right? I mean, they, they, they do. They deserve that. They do. So, I will read the que- I will read the question, and you give me a couple good answers. Uh, good that, being sound what, fair? Oh, abs- it, well, yeah, absolutely, man. All right. <clears throat> what is the max number of players Brett has had at a game? Well, I heard, uh, so one of the answers is, I heard tell that in the game of life, Brett has had more than 127 players. Oh, is that correct, I Brett? I, I don't know. <laughs> I've, never, I've never counted all of them. How about 435? Too which, many. Which is the representatives of Congress at a LARP. No? Cl- closer, but no. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, uh, still not. How about one? Brett. No. Brett is the only player. <laughs> nice. It's just 13, people. 13? You mean 13. it's not a trick question? The group is so tight-knit, they play as one? Ooh, that's a good answer. That's a very good answer. How about, I think the question should be the max number to survive Brett's games. That's also a good answer. Those are good answers. All right. Second question. Sean would make a good blank conductor. We went easy on you with a few here. Right. Uh, So apart from the correct answer of train, what else did we get? Well, somebody did say, they did say this one. I don't know if this counts. Um, Let me double check and see. They actually posted a link. 
don't know. I don't know. Your lipstick stain. I, I, I don't like it. <laughs> what else we got? Well, I'd probably get sued any longer than that. <clears throat> Most likely. Yeah, so um, train. Train, right. train conductor, I guess. Even though it's railroading, I guess train, railroad. It's all kind of the same. Right. So what's the nickname for Monty Cook that uh, Sean and I have used? Oh, God. Here's where we'll never be able to interview Monty Cook. Yes. We have we have, we have said cookie in the past, <laughs> which have. I know he probably hates. If he ever, ever hears us, he will punch me dead in the I, face. We're going to ask him. Somebody told me a game hole. Can somebody put him in there and said, the cookie monster, please tell him this at game hole. So when we have him at game hole con, because he's one of the guests, I'll just ask him like, hey, Monty, Sean, gaming and BS, uh, I got a question for you. I'll be in the, I'll be like a press conference. Have you, have you ever been known as the cookie monster? As the cookie monster. And if he says no, I'll say, yes, you have once now. (laughs) Once now, moving on. Just so you know. (laughs) Um, Some answers, Brett, include... Monty Hall. Oh. Monty Cookie. Okay. I tried typing this one serious like, and my keyboard started smoking. (laughs) Nice. He whom youngins haven't heard of. Oh, there we go. Count Cookie Miss Maximus, a.k.a. Cookie. That's good. That's formal. I like it. Formality's good. Bilbo Baggins. Somebody, Somebody obviously did not listen from number one. Clearly not. That's the, a shame. The visionary. Python? I don't know. I'm <laughs> not sure what that is. Where Python comes from. All um, right. And then my mother said I can't use words like that. Oh, <laughs> harsh. All right. Who is the Canadian god of gaming? That, uh, of course, is Mo Tusano. Now, this is hilarious because uh, if you scroll down far enough, there's an entry that says me. <laughs> well done. I, I would. I would be. Uh, we would be remiss if if Mo did not call himself out. That's good. So it's one person put Justin Trudeau, which could feasibly be the Canadian be. god of gaming. Could be, but that's not true. We Dap, know it, dapper fellow, that guy. D- dapper indeed, but he is no Mo Tusano. I'll tell you that right now. Somebody put Robin Laws. Ooh. Good cat. Good guess. Very good guess. But no winner. But no. Um, other entries, um, Nestor Pister. <laughs> what? Somebody put Nestor Pister. <laughs> All I'm right. I'm making this shit up, right? It's in I, the freaking entry. I know you're not. All right. Next one. Who was, Who is the patron known as Brett's biggest fan? Well, these are some good ones. All right. So the, the real answer is it's my wife. But anybody, what else did we have? Somebody put Lenny. Okay. Close. Close. Uh, ask, ask my wife. She would say this very close. Uh, number three at the end of the show credits. Okay. That's, Sean, that's Sean, of, Sean, of course. Oh, that's also true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's something I don't want to say in there. Don't, J- don't do that. Joe Swick. His mom. Oh, that's well. She's close. She would be probably. She she could be if she if she knew about this podcast and cared to listen to it. Um, Chris Tupio, I think his name is Chris Tupio. Maybe is there Chris Tupio? You know, <laughs> I, I don't even know a Chris Tupio. I, I don't know. Sean Duh. Um, 
The guy on the top of Sean's shit list. Oh, well, all right. That's not sure why they'd be on my shit list. Not if they sure were either. your biggest fan, I don't know. Maybe. Um All right. Yeah. Next one is Brett has overused what theme slash trope in his games. The answer, of course, is dead babies. Oh, so you're just gonna s- skip my shit. No. Oh shit, I forgot that one. Sorry. What website did Sean start in May of 2004? Apparently apparently wasn't very important. Oh, I scrolled too far. Sorry. Um, so the answer is grumblingdwarf.com. Mm-hmm. But some answers range from heavyintojeff.com. What? <laughs> I wonder if Rademacher put that in there. <laughs> he may have. How to be cool like Sean. Dot com. .org, .biz, .gov. It's got it all covered. BrettTheGod.com. Snarky Gnomes, Hip Halflings, Emo Elves. Uh, We're going to have to get that one. Doesn't matter. It was banned in June of 2004. <laughs> DarkTheater.net. No, that'd be mine. Somebody put my other website on there. They must have been doing some f- f- funky research, man. <laughs> Someone, someone found Talent Jockey? Yeah, they did. They put nice. Talent Jockey on there. Nice, nice. Um, lizardpeoplemeet.com. <laughs> That's the earlier one I was referring to. Oh, nice. Well done. Uh, FFcut.com. I don't know. Okay. Shave my... Yeah, that's... All right, right moving right, on, right, moving, moving on. on. His MySpace account. Oh. Headhunter website, which is... What I do, right? Uh, GoDaddy.com. Uh, Dark Theater's got a couple hits. I know. Saw that. Railroads, so, uh, Railroads Are Us. <laughs> and like then it. Railroads for We have to get that. I uh, will that, reserve that. that as the show completes. That is very good. If it hasn't oh, been it, squatted on. And then my overused theme trope was, of course, the dead babies. Anything good in there? Said whiskey. Whiskey? I don't overuse it. I might drink it a bit much. A book stolen from the library recently turned into a draconic fungus and spoiled the 14-year-old whiskey just before it could be bottled. Can't believe he still uses that old thing. It's so worn out. Nah, I've not overused it. Not overused. Still Used, but not overused. Infancy. Still infancy. Um... Star Wars, TPK, Dead Babies, Baby Killing, <laughs> there's, there's, all, all of them. I, I remember looking through that. There's a lot. All of them. That was my, I think that was my favorite. Which one is the overused? All of them. Oh, come on. No wrong answers in this trivia. <laughs> Absolutely. Sean has what type of pet or pets? I have three cats. And a dog. Four cats. I almost forgot one. <laughs> That's the one. It's like the kids. We leave that one at home. Yeah. Four cats, one dog. So my freaking, I call my studio litter box studio because I'm literally podcasting from a freaking litter box. It, you, 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 this is one of the reasons why we can't live stream this because it's uh, just not pretty. So answers range from, uh, oh, Jesus. I can't read all these. Um, cat and I assume chickens, kobolds, <laughs> killer drop bears shipped from spe- ship special from Australia. That's true. 
two doggies, beagle mixes, if I recall. Not bad. I think that's pretty much it. At least the ones that I'd want to feel want to read out loud. The other ones, all the pets, though I think it's three cats and two dogs. Pretty close. Who is more of an OSR gamer, Brett or Sean? So 72.5% says Brett, 27.5% says Sean. Well, 27 are wrong. Huh? It's, it's Brett. It is Brett. What is the name of our Ewok? <laughs> it's what Wayne. It, it's Wayne the Ewok. It is Wayne. Uh, there are other names that people have submitted is Bojangles Shitterballs. <laughs> That's what? That's just what? Okay. That's what I call him when he pisses me off. Nice. Uh, Marty. You're muted, buddy. A-hole. It says on his driver's license, uh, something cutish, but he was only in like four episodes. Uh, Sitho the furry. Fred. I can't remember my stupid meds mess with my head. Enroll. Reginald McNubnub the third. <laughs> that? Reginald McNubnub the third. That may be my favorite. Let me ask you his name legally changed. Yeah. Where did we find our uh, our buddy Wayne? Where did we find him, Brett? We found him outside of Noble Night in Janesville, Wisconsin. We did. Um, hiding in Sean's car, claw game, Tinder. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we, yes, that's. Dumps, uh, we, a dumpster behind Subway. Oh. Why got to be Subway, man? He's, he, he eats healthy? I don't know. Noble Night Games, or you caught him putting sugar in your gas tank, or both? I like the both. Applebee's men's room. <laughs> this passed out. That's okay. Took him home. Rehabilitated little guy. Uh, he shoveled coal for Sean's railroad. Oh, I like that too. Eating, oh. eating potato crisps and destroying space stations. Nice. On Endor, der. Of course. Yeah. All right. Next one was, who has been a guest host on the Misdirected Mark show? Brett, Sean, or both Brett and Sean? So we've both been on there. Mm-hmm. But you were the only guest host. Well. That was just you when it was just you and Chris. You're the only one of us who's been a guest host. So 55% say it's both of us. 40% say it's Brett. And then... Five percent only said it was just me. You were actually the first one on there. I was. You were, yeah, because uh, Phil was out, and was you out. talked with him about uh, modules. Yes, correct. And I, I haven't been asked back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Other than Alex, who else have we had on the show from GameholeCon? The answer is Josh White. He's the director of events. Uh, there was an answer that says, this is a lot of damn questions. Don't you guys keep records of these things? I mean, why are you asking us? <laughs> I think I know who did that. <laughs> nice. The other one is that other guy, you know, like Sean is to Brett. <laughs> the other guy. That's which, good. Which That's would good. be Josh, I guess. That would definitely be Josh. Um, somebody put Dave. I don't know who Dave is. Josh I don't think also we, known as Dave. We've, we've never had a Dave on our show. <clears throat> I don't think we have, no. no. Mm-mm. Um, Steve. 
All right. Sean last... P. Kelly, put Sh- somebody Sh- put my name. <laughs> DNA Phil. A deer Brett bagged on the way home. Oh, nice. <clears throat> oh, good Lord. All right. Last one was, what was the code name for the new espionage RPG that Merle Rasmussen told us about? The answer was Acrid Herald. Uh, other answers um, included Topper and More Secretive. So not Top Secret, but Topper and More Secretive. Um, tickle Me Elmo. Nice. Tickle Me Code Blue B. Uh, Blazinski was an entry. Nice. See, uh, Razul the Dark and Glorious. <laughs> I wonder who put that on there. I think I, I like, we should have him on the show. He we'll say his name rhymes with Rick. <laughs> That's a deep cut, no idea. That would be telling. The Farm. He made Top Secret. If I am remembering right, the new one is called, I can't remember the name of the new one. I hate my meds. Sneaky shooty spy thing. Sneaky shooty spy thing. Very good. Very good. Yeah, I think that's I, I think that's the actual name of the game. Because Accurate Herald was kind of the play testy top secret game. Uh, the code name of the game. It was. All right, man. Pick pick me a winner. Pick you a winner. Let's see who is going to win this thing. And where what are they gonna win, Brad? As I uh well, the first person, the first name we pick, will get a copy of hard copy of Heroclix and Pomp by Forrest Gary, um, novel he wrote. They will also get a copy of Jason Blaylock's "They Met in a Tavern" hard copy. I have a dice bag. Um, it's a grayed out dice bag, of course, donated by Kevin Lovecraft, and some funky dice that I am throwing into the mix. And we also have the Sunken City Omnibus PDF by Purple Sorcerer Games, thanks to John Marr, and a White Star hardback. Uh, thanks to Wayne Humphrey. I didn't think you'd do it that quickly, Brett. Oh, you got it. I'm, I'm on it. I'm totally on it. All right. Well, let's see. So did you sort, did you sort the randomness that is? I did not sort the randomness. I just know I, who I've got. I think I've got it in front of me. Are you ready? Okay. Ready. And the number winner, one. and the winner for number one is Michael Drescher. Yay, Michael! Woo! Yes, Michael Drescher. Thank you very much, Michael. We will reach out to you and everyone else uh, for shipping info and all that good stuff. So, uh, second person will win a set. Uh, it's a spell. It's the D and D five E cleric domain spell card deck uh, donated by Joe Swick. A critical fumble and critical hit decks uh, donated by Corey Wynn. They met in a tavern. Another copy of that of that hard copy, of course, by Jason Blaylock. A copy of Hero Clicks and Pop by Forrest Gary. And a PDF from John Mar again. Uh, but this time it's the Perils of the Sunken City PDF. Thank you. Number, the runner-up. Runner-up. Is. Larry 
Hout. Nice. H-A-U-G-H-T. Nice. Congrats, Larry. Yes. Congrats, Larry. What is? Tell him what Larry wins, Brett. Larry has, well, I already said that. It's the D&D 5e <laughs> Cleric Domain spell deck. The Critical Fumble hit deck. They met in a tavern. Hero clicks and pomp and perils of the Sunken City. We will, con- we-, we will contact them for their mailing address. Absolutely. That way we, we- can spam them outside of email. Exactly. We can just send them stuff randomly. Threats, dog's heads, things we can send in the mail. We'll tell them where we'll give the address to Wayne. <laughs> exactly. And he'll just show up and just that, be a peachy house guest for a while. That might be, yeah, we might have to ship him out. Anyway, um, speaking of, the last last person we have, another copy of the Perils of the Sunken City PDF from uh, John Marr, Purple Sorcerer. He was uh, kind enough to give us two, so we're going to send one of them out to this last individual. Who is it, Sean? Oh, shit. There we go. Gavin Cook. Cook. K-U-C-H. K-U-C-H. Got it. All right, Gavin, we will get you your information. Uh, We'll get your information from you and get your stuff out to you. Thanks, folks. That was a lot of fun. We had a good time uh, reading through everything. We only tried to pick out a couple of uh, a couple different answers there, but Sean and I were giggling out loud about this prior to the show, and uh, so thank you all very much. And again, we said this at the beginning, but having you guys listening to us, the feedback, the interaction, and everything that we get from this group, from all the men, men and women out there who listen to us, and from our guests who we've had, uh, Jen Brinkman, um, uh, Ron Blessing, Christian Serrano, all those folks that we've had. It's just been awesome talking, interacting with everybody out there. And that's the thing that helps keep uh, Sean and I going, right? I mean, the patron thing is great and we love the generosity. It is amazing how kind people have been to us to help us, you know, cover our costs for hosting and all that stuff. But the uh, it, it sounds corny and all, but I'm, I'm, we mean it. It's really, really cool. And we can't thank you enough. It's awesome. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much for listening to the show, letting other people know about the show. Um, just, yeah, writing in, commenting, mm-hmm. appreciating our zaniness. <laughs> or our inability to form, form coherent sentences, whatever it takes. <laughs> All, All right. right man. And, oh, so I should say, this episode is sponsored by GameholeCon. Absolutely. A tabletop gaming convention coming to Madison in uh, November. Get your ass to GameholeCon. Visit GameholeCon.com. For more information, event registration, you could still submit events. Uh, VIG people have uh, signed up for events. Event registration to the masses has not taken place. So there's plenty of time to get to GameHole. Um, We have... 14 events being run at least uh, under our banner some good stuff we are going to be featuring snippets of that coming up in some of the bonus BS uh, snippets mm-hmm. but if there's so thanks to GameholeCon for sponsoring the show absolutely uh, Brett there's one thing we would ask anybody to help us do what would it be tell someone tell another gamer Someone asks you where you get gaming inspiration. If you've got an idea, what's a good community to join? Mention us. That would be great. Yep. Thank you. And we thank you for it. Yes, in advance. Absolutely. So thanks for joining us next week. What are we talking about, Brett? We're going to talk about something RPG related. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll get that sorted out. 
<laughs> I think I was thinking that was actually the topic. Yeah, we'll get to something. Something RPG related. Absolutely. Hey, so thank you for joining us. Thank you for being with us every week for over the last 100 episodes. Thank you for going back to the back catalog. Forgive us our screw-ups back in the back catalog and the crap And the screw-ups we're doing right now and that we're going to continue to do going forward. Exactly. I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Good night, good game and all. This episode brought to you by patrons like Christian Sexy Voice Serrano, Kevin Lovecraft, Joe Swick, Brett's Biggest Fan, Steve Day, Jeff Rodemecker, Forrest DeGary, Mark Anthony Benedetti, Bruce Cunnington, Eric Jeppesen, Andy Hall, Misdirected Mark Productions, Sean Nicholson, Tim Jensen, Chris Steele, Old School DM, Knights of the Night Crew, Pladian, Jason the Beer Blaylock, Remy Bellado, Jason Hobbs Hobbs, Merkel Froelich, Wayne Lumrunner Humphrey, James Carpio, not Caprio, Mark Tasaka, Tony Baker, Not-So-Pure Mongrel, Lord Tentacle, and Brett Pazinski. Thanks to Lord Tentacle and Brett Pazinski for becoming the newest patrons of Gaming MBS. Consider becoming a patron for the cost of a coffee shop coffee. You can support the show for an entire month. Whoa. Do you want me to stop recording? All right. <laughs>